0: Thanks for joining us for the Small Talk, Big Ideas podcast, a podcast to enrich your soul, where we have conversations with inspiring people about all things property, business and life. And now, the host of Small Talk, Big Ideas,
1: Ian Yagate.
0: Hey, today on Small Talk, Big Ideas, we have Kizia Lee, who has followed her dream, sold her million dollar business and helping other women achieve amazing results in businesses. Today's podcast is a really awesome podcast talking about all the different parts of feminine, masculine, and how women are suppressed in today's society. You can follow us on all the social media channels, and also make sure that you enjoy this podcast and other podcasts in the series too. Enjoy today, and we'll see you next time too. Hey Kezia, how are you going?
1: I'm amazing Ian, how are you today?
0: <laughs> Good um, technology <laughs> and all the throws about it. Uh, you're, I actually don't know a huge amount about you. I, other than Facebook and 229 mutual friends and watching what you're doing over the time um, on Facebook, I don't know much about you, like how
1: do, how do you explain who you are? <laughs> I love that. I'm like, some people really research people like before their podcast, and I'm like, yeah, you're like, I don't know who you are. I'm like, great, that's perfect. I love it. I, I don't think give a like, fuck. I think, well, it's not about not giving
0: a fuck. I think it's I about um not pre- having some preconceived ideas in my head about where I want this conversation yeah. to go. I'd rather go anywhere with it. So
1: who are you? That's my favourite way to go, I tell you. <laughs> um, who am I? I am Kezia Lee. Um, I love how you've got Keezy Turner. Turner is my, um, I don't know if we lost you there, but I can't see you anymore. I'm still
0: here. Still okay.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am a business magic alchemist is how I call myself. Um, and I am on a mission to awaken 100 million women into their fullest self-expression. So what? give me a definition of alchemist. Um, to me, alchemist is about this is my definition it's probably not the definition you'll find in the like fucking dictionary but to me alchemist is unlocking people's magic like through magic soul essence thing that i hear to do and actually having that come forth because for me business is anyone can make money anyone can make money anyone can do business or maybe not anyone but i believe that you will get to a point you'll burn out you'll become unfulfilled or you just fucking hate yourself so for me, I want people to discover they have a unique expression, a unique thing that makes them beautiful. And that's how I create people with their businesses.
0: Great. So you essentially bring out the true leader in a business so that they can actually enjoy their business. And it may not be the business that they're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Where did you um, grow up?
1: I grew up in a very small town called Ashburton, which was in the Canterbury region of New Zealand. Right. <laughs> I was on a farm, had a sheep called Sarah, and we had lamb a few weeks later. So that was, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and so you've grown up in New Zealand on a farm. Um yep. you don't have a huge heavy accent, uh, so you've been in Australia for a while.
1: Yep, since I was. Uh sixteen and I am now thirty two. So half my life now.
0: Half right. Um and yeah. your parents are here as well?
1: My father uh lives in Jindabyne and my mother, um, she passed away when I was seventeen. Right. So Jindabyne, um so do you go down there a lot? I've actually never been there. This is really bad. He's only been there for a couple of years. Right. Um but I actually haven't had the chance to be there yet. I was curious because I haven't actually looked it up whether the snowfields have
0: been operating or not um, during this time.
1: Yeah, I don't know actually. I have spoken to them because they they um, have a commercial cleaning business, so they clean all the apartments and all the accommodation. I know business is like massively slowed down for them; it's pretty much non-existent. But I don't know if they're reopening. That reminds right. me, I should call my dad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: call your dad. Um, so you have where did you where have you spent most of the last 16 years in australia
1: um i spent most of it in brisbane um and then i i owned a i bought a hairdressing salon when i was 22 and that was um in in Jopilly, near the, that area of brisbane um so i spent a, a lot of time in the city i was last living in tenerife um and then i started traveling for about five months lived on the gold coast for a year and a half, nearly two, and then I've been there for five months right before COVID.
0: Right. So you moved to the Sunshine Coast for love?
1: For love. Right. Yeah, I did. I met him at an event and like it was like two weeks before COVID happened. Met him at an event. We just spent four days together. Um, I have an online business so I can work from wherever and um, just kind of came up here. I was like, oh, well, if we have to be in lockdown together and I just never moved out. <laughs> I never left. And so. It- and it's working amazingly
0: yeah so what yeah. sort of event what sort of event was event you were running or
1: no it's called um freedom fest I don't know if you've heard of it um a yeah. couple Clinton Christie. they they have this they do like online automation but I'm not involved in that business but I just wanted to go and there were some cool speakers that I love like you Preston smiles yeah um yeah so some cool speakers fun I just I love a good event
0: yeah I mean you know, being in the event space, both of us, we were talking earlier about uh, offline about Anthony Robbins and, you know, it's it's interesting when you go into event spaces to have a look at it from a different filter. And so for me, it's always from how can I make my events better? How can I make my events cooler? Mm. Um, and I tell you what, that Anthony Robbins, he puts on an event. Hey.
1: <laughs> like you can just imagine the what goes on, like to have that sort of event. Like I'm the same. I love it for the to see like how they do things, the structure, what goes on, and yeah, there is a I mean, I just love I mean I'll go to UPW again just to dance my ass off. That's my favourite part of the whole That's what I say. It's one of the most expensive dance parties I've ever been to. Like, like So good.
0: We we don't need to um we still have to drink heaps of water. We just don't need the other bits that you normally do at a dance party. So um you know the thing that gets me is the background. The people <laughs> the people that he's got there and the songs backed up, and the phrases that are said. And as soon as someone in the crowd says a phrase, or Tony Robbins says a phrase, the sound guys at the back bang straight onto the. Like I was, uh, I always remember one was. Um, he's obviously teed it up with NLP. He's talking to this girl about relationships. And he said to her, you know what what would you do for love? And so he's NLP'd her to the point where she said I'll do anything for love, meatloaf straight on, like it was within half a second. And and not only not only are his sound good, so got sound guys really good, but what I noticed about him is his acknowledgement of them. He didn't physically say he didn't say anything out from his words, but he's he did point to them at the back of the room and said you guys are on it. Um, and on the flip side, I've seen them, I've seen Robins actually rip them apart too. <laughs> so, so, um, I I yeah, that. yeah, you know, and, and like it was a where was I, I was in the Florida. it was a date with destiny in Florida, where he said, "Come on, guys, it's not that hard," you know. And he and he gave him a, a big <laughs> so, um, yeah. But I I really do love that that event and how he's put it together. Um, and I I do have a question, and maybe you can answer this because um, you've been to a few of them as well. That noise, you know, when he makes maybe. that noise, he, he he claps he claps the the his hands together and it's a really loud over the speaker thud. I'd love to know how they do that. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: It's like, well, I, uh, I mean, he normally has the sticks now because he can't, he's totally fucked his arms. Yeah, no, I know. From I clapping, know. He's fucking. but I'm not talking about that.
0: I'm talking about, he'll might be in the middle of something pretty deep and he'll, um, he'll clap his hands together, but it's actually a recorded, like, ridiculously loud shock you out of your seat um noise and i've never been able okay. to work out how he does it because it's not it must be that someone at the back goes oh, i reckon that we need to wake the crowd up <laughs> so um wake anyway. up yeah wake up let's do things so what, what i can't you, what, tell you that sorry yeah okay that's fine no one has been able to tell me unless i get on <laughs> down. um so there's a so um vegan carnivore how do you go I love
1: meat. <laughs> <laughs> I really I mean, I don't want meat.
0: I don't want to go back to the Anthony Robbins thing, but um, I had a mate that came out of it, out of one of his events, and he says Tony Robbins said we should be vegan and that we shouldn't eat anything with a face. I said, oh, that's a bit of a problem in it." So I went down to, um, so I went down to the local. Bakery, and I bought one of those cupcakes with the icing on the top with the smarty eyes, and that face I on brought it. it back and I said, that you not eating a face? Today? <laughs> uh, tell me, <laughs> where, when did you sell the hairdressing business?
1: I sold the hairdressing business just hours ago. Just hours ago. Yeah. Right. And great was decision. it,
0: yes. So, why was it a great decision?
1: Um, I mean, I had built it, I had owned it for seven years and, um, I, I just, I just, you heard of the analogy and Ray talks about it. It's the feather, the brick and the train analogy. Mm-hmm. And there were some moments leading up to my life and, and selling where I just kept getting these little, you know, I call them cosmic whispers now of like, Oh, cool. it's time to change it up. And you know, I was 29. And and from the outside, I had a, you know, tick. Wow. You know, and my validation needs were getting greatly met. Like, Mm -hmm. look at you, Kezia, 29. You've got 10 employees and a million dollar business and bloody fucking blah. You know, I barely even worked in the business anymore, but my soul was having other ideas. And I finally got the, the brick and it was just like, I hired a new business coach and he got me to ask down, write down, okay, if you if you could wake up and do anything you wanted for like morning and night for a week and just all of a sudden I just got this, you're selling it. I was about to spend 150K on a refurb, like all the plans were done up and just in that moment, I just knew. And I just, I, I think I said, I want it sold by, I've got another Tony Robbins story. I want it sold by, that was February, I want it sold by end of financial year. May date with destiny. i the, the final settlement call came, so I celebrated. It was nine o'clock in the morning by <laughs> dancing to do, Date with Destiny, like yeah, I just saw my I had a fucking <laughs> dance party with five thousand people. So handed the keys over like three days before end of financial year. So just everything was just magic. That was
0: awesome. So because spending one fifty almost ties you into the business for another period of time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Especially with my thoughts then. You know, like back then, that was a huge amount. I mean, not that it's not a huge amount of money now, but I didn't fully have the capacity even now of what I have and studying around wealth and what's possible.
0: Yeah. And so um, with with that done, the business done, how did you know what your next direction was going to be? I didn't. So how, <laughs> did, how did you fall into it? How did you, How did you follow
1: I... into it? I kind of just committed like even leading up to everyone's like what are you gonna do now i'm like i don't know i've been working for since i was 16 as a hairdresser like i just want to have a break and um just went overseas and i actually ended up to another tony robbins story meeting a girl at date with destiny and her and i moved into this beautiful space in currumbin when i came back from traveling um and just this kind of cultivated this community. We started this thing called Conscious Leaders. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm. It was, it was huge for, for about a year down the Gold Coast. Like we, the most people we had was like 150 at a fortnightly event. It started out in my lounge room. So that really kind of, you know, I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that I wanted to do something different, but I didn't know, was it going to be a life coach? Was it going to be yeah, this? Or a, I had no idea. Um, so I just kind of kept following the threads of the magic and yeah, now, yeah, I call myself a business coach, self-expression. Um, I just kept trusting.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned Kerwin, right? Um, I've actually put all my team through through his stuff and Is he? He, Amazing. he's done, um, I I believe that he's only ever worked one-on-one in the last ten years with two people, and um, he did that with us last year. And uh, his whole team looked into our business and made a huge change to our business and direction, whatever. Um, and thankfully, when COVID hit, so we've actually had a uh, an increase in business, um, and we've had to employ more people during this time. So it's been really awesome for us. Uh, for you. You've concentrated on women or do you work with men as well? Yeah, no. Tell me about that, because this is an interesting point for me. Like I've I've got a relatively high feminine energy. And if we were at a party and the boys went off to talk in the in the garage and the women went off and talked into where like, I'm, I'm generalizing and um, and putting people into totally. um, into <laughs> pigeonholes, you know, they're off in the kitchen and talking or in the lounge and talking, I would much prefer the talk with the females than the males. The women. And so I sort of I sort of feel, you know, in a place where firstly, let me ask you this. Do you think you're minimizing your marketplace by only working with with women? Um,
1: Potentially. The the, the reason that I, I I didn't initially have that intention, but it just seemed they kept were the ones that kept coming to me. Um, It could change. Like, I'm not saying that it won't, but I'm just obsessed with women. I'm obsessed with women because I'm a a business coach. I believe that women are a whole different species. Like we're totally different. So I feel it's quite, it could be quite challenging for me to coach a man when I don't, fully understand your biology a lot of my work is around understanding that women need more rest that women are actually very receptive so i don't encourage my clients to yes it's important to do the action but i actually encourage them to have more downtime and more connection and you know so yeah i just for right now just love working with women and I, i feel like i wouldn't be doing men a service working with them in my line of work
0: yeah, and that's fair enough, because obviously a successful businesswoman yourself, the, the question that I'd have there, then it raises for me is that, that women have been looking for equality um, in the workplace. And you've just suggested that women are very different physically to men. Um, what's your take on that? I mean, is there ever going to be the equality that um, is being sought in the workplace? deep
1: such a good question i'm like oh you (laughs) i love that you know nothing about me i'm like it's totally different to any podcast i've done um i i I mean regardless of the workplace i feel like we should celebrate our differences you know my my personal opinion is that this I, i wouldn't call myself a feminist in any way shape or form and i deeply love i deeply love men and 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 am devoted to men and their healing and their growth you know that's like such a plus for me because i i see all the stuff but i you know I, I think this whole feminine movement's kind of gone like maybe too much this way and like why do we we don't i don't think we should fight to be the same to be equal mm. you know i believe that some men are a lot better in different roles than women are like, I'm going to be totally different at a role and totally, you know, better at you. But what you can probably do is far more than what I could do. Like, I can't build shit. I can't, I don't really like numbers. I know them. I know my numbers in my business, <laughs> but you know, it's not my genius. Like I'm fully creative and fully mm. magical. And I believe a lot of women were creators. I think, you know, cause that's,
0: Sends. We may have a similar viewpoint because there are certain strength in business. Like this business, essentially is run my, my like our businesses. I mean my wife and I. She's really the the runner of the business. She's the mm-hmm. um, the structure, the putting it together. Although that's not a feminine energy, she's learned how to do that, and. I, you know, I did a lot of time in TAFE, uh, New South Wales. I was 3IC of the you know, largest training organisation in the Southern Hemisphere. And we had, at the time that I was the 3IC, we had probably 70% of our management team were including, uh, including the director, were female. And, mm. but such a high masculine energy. Um, and, you know, I think they sort of had this, like if you dealt with dealt with the trade area of TAFE, these women would go in and go hard, and their their thought process was, well, on job sites people must talk to each other really badly and must punch each other in the head, so that's the sort of uh, attitude I'm going to take, and it really went down quite poorly um, in those circumstances, yeah. and so then that leads to the next question: Do you see? And so this is a. This is probably a generalisation. But we see that there's a lot of females in corporate jobs that hold a lot of masculine energy to hold those jobs and then find it very difficult to fall pregnant. Do you mm. work with women in that sort of area as well? Has it ever come up for you?
1: Um, it hasn't... I don't know if there's one specific person. Um, good question. I yeah so so part of my message is like I, I believe that women can have it all like it's like cool you can be you know the mum and you can be the philanthropist and you can be the multi-billion dollar business owner I will say this that I do believe that if women are trying to and just showing up again and again and are just not putting their self-care first not putting relationships first not and you know i I do believe they will get burnt out Mm. they they they, we a physiology is different to a man you know i mean men can just keep going and keep going and keep you know they're very like purpose focus where you know for us we we love creativity so i believe that the thing that i'm journeying is that i can actually create more abundance working less Mm -hmm. And that's how I support my clients is like, actually, it's not about working hard. It's about being in your magnetism. And the more magic that I do and more magnetism and radiance I have, the more money and opportunities just come into my space. So I believe that women in the workplace are potentially trying to play a game that is is hurting their, their physiology mm. and their happiness. Like everyone that I coach in business, I'm like, well, like I don't coach... I can, I can, tell you the strategy to get here, but what actually fucking matters to you? Cause we just keep going like, here we go. I'm an accountant. I'm a lawyer. I'm, But here I am 36 and I'm still single and I don't even know who I am. And I'm just like, you know, what matters to me is sunshine and nature and relationships and creation.
0: Yeah. That makes a, a lot of sense that, you know, sometimes that focus, of what your you know preconceived ideas or what your parents have drummed into you is what sort of stops not just just not just females but everyone you know mm. what, what do you yeah. really want to do when you wake up every morning and I suppose that's what your business is all about what do you really want to do when you wake up every morning and so you're living the dream
1: living the dream, <laughs> you've, got living the the dream.
0: you've got a poster on the door behind you that says beginning middle end what's going on there Oh, I Over don't you know. Right. This is my right. partner's <laughs> office. <laughs> <laughs> Over your right shoulder. He's, is... he's got love hearts there at the beginning and the middle. Uh,
1: anyway, well, the I end's got know. love too. Like, this is before my time. I have got. <laughs> I do have a, like a beautiful content wall, but I was like, oh, it's a podcast. It might yeah, not be it's filmed fine. anyway. It's <laughs> nah,
0: those people are listening, got no idea, especially with those arrows in the background
1: it's... that you you go out. I know. And... <laughs> it's just... I was like, if, if Ian asked me any inappropriate questions, I'd just... Cool. plug. Nah, yeah, you can't fine. ask inappropriate questions.
0: <laughs> we've got there's a funny story in here. Oh, I don't know if I should be telling it on a podcast. And we've got a Don Burke file in in our in our um in our office. That is, you know, if something inappropriate gets said, then it gets put in the Don Burke file to be brought up 30 years later. Um, <laughs> but that's <you> know, classic. <laughs> really shouldn't be saying that publicly, but it's been said now. Um, so tell me, I'm obviously a property person. Um, yep. did you own, did you own the property? The salon was in, I didn't own the property in no. that
1: in hindsight, would you have bought it knowing what, you know, it was owned by a big company. Right. Like, mm. so, so there, there was not even an opportunity yeah. to, right. well, yeah. I mean, potentially, but it wasn't even in my vortex. Like, yeah.
0: yeah. So have you, have you bought before? Um, do you own anything? Do you, no. no. okay and what's your view on it you shouldn't you should or shouldn't own stuff
1: i totally think you should i mean i'm at the point now in my business journey you know focusing on building my personal brand is, is really huge for me mm-hmm. um but wealth diversity is something that i'm you know learning and meeting people and always meet i always have this intention people will just come into my life and they'll just be able to show me so i'm definitely looking at um you know if i go into property it will be from an investment investment angle um not potentially to rent i don't i mean not to then, but to um to rent the to universe.
0: invest the, the, the universe has brought us together see they brought me into your life Keith. see, you
1: see? are you going to pitch me i hope so you know like
0: <laughs> i'll pitch you <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking before you were, t- you were saying before about you know less work more abundance um and so one yeah. of our business one of our businesses is called small is the new big and i've got a mate of mine who's a very successful property investor and uh he always says to me he, like i work long hours and hard hours and that's probably a work ethic drummed into me by my family but he always says to me he always looks at me he says mate less is the new more less is the new more you know, um, and that's that same message you were talking about. Um, so without knowing anything, not knowing where and where you would invest, what would you think you would be going for what, like so I, I, I asked this question from the basis of what you do or don't know? Um, what do you think would uh-huh. be a good investment as a property investor?
1: As a property investor? Mm. Like specifically you, in property?
0: If you had the opportunity to go out and invest in property right now, um, you know, within limits, let's say five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars, what would you buy?
1: Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> like I just, I have no, I, I'm, I don't even know. Like I have no no idea a property investment. Okay, I'm hoping well, you'll tell me. Oh, because I, I sometimes. <laughs> what, would I buy? what would you buy? Huh. Well, it's
0: quite easy. You'd, you'd simply, you'd simply. Well, it depends on what your outcome wants. But if you want cash flow and growth, well, you look at, you'd look around Australia right now and you go, where is Australia doing? I've been, I've been pushing regional Australia for a long time. Gold Coast is still considered to be regional, um, and so so sure. is the Sunshine Coast. Um, <laughs> ridiculous mm. with the, I, I think um, regional. You can quite easily work out regional on how much copper wire the NBN is running. Um, (laughs) how bad your Wi-Fi connection is. Um, But, look, I certainly have been pushing regional areas for the last 18 months. Um, I actually featured in an an, uh, article today which um, also had the figures to back that up, that if you'd bought 18 months ago in regional, you would have had a 10-time increase in as as a percentage growth compared to Sydney and Melbourne for the last 18 months. So I'd, I think that you would probably go and buy, um, I'm always about manufacturing or manual growth in properties. Capital growth, you can't, you can't say that you've got the crystal ball because you don't. So if you can manually grow the property's value, then you'd wanna do something where you buy a property, whether you subdivide, then go on further and that property then become micro apartments within itself. You'd end up with probably all your money back, all your cash back in your pocket, um after you refinance at the mm. back end and you'd probably get like if you took a gold coast deal you probably end up with all your money back and um and loan at 80 percent. so you've increased the equity by 20 percent, and cash flow of about 30k after costs so you know you're talking five six hundred dollars a week in your pocket from the right investment so anyway that's free um but if you want to know you're, more, you're really
1: selling me he's yeah if you
0: want to know more um, please, go to, please go to my website small <laughs> Actually, I used to have these. I used to have. I used, I'd run, you know, I'd, I'd run the free seminar, and and people would always go, "Oh, look, I'm, I um, could you tell me what the next best suburb to buy is? What's where's the next hot hotspot?" And I actually registered the domain. Um, so I would say to them, "I've got an awesome website that'll tell you exactly where you should be buying next," and they'd all get their pens ready. And I'd actually registered the domain name. You're kidding yourself. dot com. dot um, and I just it. I just never... But I did two... It was two mistakes. I never got the landing page set up and the second part of it was that my gra- my grammar is shocking, right? So I went through a period of school where grammar wasn't important. So whenever I write something, I put in front of my wife, Christine, who fixes all the grammar. Um, but I registered your kiddingyourself.com as in Y-O-U-R, not Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. So my,
1: I failed on my grammar. Um, but anyway, let's get... I don't believe grammar is necessary. I never like reread bugs. Like, There's so many people. I have even bulk messages like do you intentionally do grammar wrong to pers- to trigger people? I was like, why the fuck would I even think about that?
0: It's it's actually a technique that marketers use. And I know I know probably one of the it uh, this guy would be one of the biggest property marketers as far as education in the company in the in the country and he purposely um, does it? He actually does it on purpose because it triggers and it gets and it gets their um, ideas in, in people's minds and it's done. Um, I but I tell you what, it's one of those boner contentions for me. I get absolutely slaughtered on on social media. People just. Take me to task because, oh, how do you! Oh, because I'm I'm actually getting more cash flow out of a standard house, and I'm taking family homes away. But I can explain all of that and how we're actually helping the market and we're fixing the market. But that doesn't stop people's initial um, preconceptions of it. And um, so, what we were just talking about. So we're talking about. getting hammered and the grammar grammar. oh my god people oh there's a grammar um, mistake in there how could you possibly trust a company that has grammatical errors in there you go are you serious (laughs) is that really the precursor of trusting someone their grammar (laughs) they could they could be a serial rapist but as long as they can be grammatically correct I can trust them oh my god that goes anywhere
1: this is what I'm so passionate about is like humanly Business, because Lee, you know, it, I, I had I was meant to run an event, so I organised a hundred-person event to be next weekend. Um, but on Friday, I found out that the Queensland government had brought in new laws, and the new laws were saying you could still have one hundred people in a room, but basically you weren't allowed to stand up, so you had to be sitting the whole time. So there was to be no standing, no expression, no movement, and my event was called One Hundred Million Fully Self-Expressed Women uh unlock your fully expressed woman i've totally lost my train of thought okay. after that Sorry. unlock okay. your fully expressed woman um yeah what were we talking about and we were talking ab-
0: yeah so we were talking about um the
1: grammatical errors and how people were picking up on crap human-led business yeah mm. so you know i had to make the decision um two days ago to cancel this event and because I just can't have a, biz- I can't have an event where people aren't at their expression. Um, but I think, you know, human, human led business is, you know, like I put it, I put an email out and, and just, you know, I was really just honest and vulnerable. Like, you know, I'm, I actually hate doing this because I feel like I've let people down. Like people were coming from Sydney and people were coming from, you know, and like, this is, this is my choice, you know, and, and just the response of like, Oh, it's actually really nice to be received when I'm just when people just tell the truth. People mm. are so can be so like, You're an awful human because do you know what I hate is when I see um there's this there's this tight brand, this um workout gear that I follow. I love their workout gear and they get heaps of comments and I just see these people just like, You haven't got back to me your delivery, you haven't done this, you haven't you're a bad person. And I'm like, mm. Where is the humanness in yep. all of this?
0: It's, it's you know the first twelve problems that come about for people because it's such, they're all on such demand. they're on they're on click a button and get it now, and they they just don't take the ability to look at the fact that behind all of these businesses are true people. and that mm-hmm. true people that have issues with their children, have issues with their life, um, have happiness, have unhappiness, have sadness. And one thing that I've noted um, is what you said. People just want to see honest. They just want honesty. Um, and uh, Aaron actually put a piece of micro content out. What was it? it was last Thursday we ran a free webinar and a comment came up. Oh, I thought this was a live event, and it's pre-recorded, and so I saw it, and it was a live event. And like, and I don't, I don't need to bullshit. Like, if I'm running a live event, I'm running a live event. I don't have to beat bullshit about a pre-record. So I, you know, so I called him out, and he goes, "Oh, I'm sorry." And then someone else says, "You know," and I end up having to do a roly-poly on the lounge behind me because someone asked me to do it. <laughs> so, um, and people just want that. That's what they want. They want to see people in their vulnerable truth, you know, and whether that's. I, I think some of the biggest micro content um, that's, you know, done a lot of um, of heavy hitting in the marketplace for people to see who we really are has been those times of lowness for me. You know? Um, mm. you know, I'll quickly tell you a story. I was, we've just finished building and moved into a new house and I was, I'd had a... Um, what I call a historical argument with Christine. So her parenting style, my parenting style, and it's been going for the last 20 something years where we talk about how (laughs) she's doing it wrong and I'm doing it wrong. And so I had the shits and I went down and I picked up a glass pane for the shower screen, which is pretty big. It was about 50 kilos worth, maybe 60 kilos worth. And I should have had someone else helping me and and it was um, toughened glass. So as soon as a corner hit the edge on the floor, it actually shattered above my head. Um cut me open with small cuts all over the place, and I was shattered i was I was in shock for the day i Aww. i I realized that at eight or nine o'clock at night that I hadn't said a word to anyone all day other than Darren when he saw me straight afterwards, and Darren saw that I was a little bit white in the face, so I just you know in my vulnerability just put it put something out on um to a group on Facebook and said, i think it's you know time we actually show some gratitude for each other and Pick someone else in this group and show and tell us why you're grateful for them and why and why you know why them and um, it was just really beautiful and you know the outcomes from that was was pretty awesome. It's I know I'm talking a lot here on podcasts where I'm interviewing you, but I just wanted the things keep on coming up for me. China, when you do business in China, you sit around a table um, and you have a glass of wine, whiskey, scotch, whatever it is, they will stand up and they will someone will stand up and um, hold a glass up and they'll pick someone around the table and they say, I really enjoy being part of your life and these are the reasons that it's good to be part of your life and be doing business with you and then you have to skull. Um and it doesn't matter what you how much you've got in the glass, they then top it up and it goes around and around the table. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um it's hard to do business if you don't drink, though, over there.
1: Um, yeah, humanly business, it's the way forward. And honestly, for myself and my business, the more human I am in my leadership, on my group programs, on my all of that, honestly, the the more I attract the right audience, the more that, I mean, people and women are like, oh, it actually gives me permission. Mm. You know, it gives me permission. Um and, and two of my favorite people in the world are um, Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle. And, you know, they, they talk a lot about women and expression and just showing up as yourself. And honestly, mm. it's the I believe it's the key. And it's the key for com- compassion. You know, I think, you know, I'm so strong about women because I believe the world, you know, our governments and, and need so much more compassion. They need mm. to understand that there's human beings, not just fucking money, like, I, I love money. I love money. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like, something's got to change. And that's why I believe women are really stepping into their leadership right now. And it's time and earth. Brené Brown is a hero of mine. She she changed my life.
0: Um, and Aww. it was it was the man in the arena quote. And, oh, you know, so social, social media used to drag me down like crazy. And, you know, um, I now just simply go to people and I say, um, you can hammer me all you want. You can tell me I'm a capitalist, that I'm greedy, that I'm all the rest of it. But I'm here trying to fix a housing problem because housing's unaffordable in this country. And I'm having a crack. So tell me, what are you doing? Are you coming down and mm. helping me? Or are you going to stand to get up in the stand and, and watch me do it and watch me fail? Um, but at the same chance, I've got the chance to succeed because I'm down here in the arena. And that changed that changed all my viewpoints on that. And then you know when she starts Aww. talking about then when she starts talking about sympathy and empathy and that that catalyst of of how can you actually help people which is what you're doing you are being completely empathetic in your business to those women. Yeah. One thing I'll notice actually, and you, because I don't just jump into these things. I do do some research. I did get into Facebook and I <laughs> scrolled through all your photos. Um, and in the vulnerability of there's a lot of women you've empowered to show who they are, what they are in the body form that they're in. And that's extreme empowerment mm. for women.
1: Mm. Yeah. But this is me post. Oh yeah. Yeah, I that's think. Yeah. I tell... What Go do you on. want to know? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> tell us tell us. I mean, you know, that's that's a that's for some women one of their greatest fears.
1: So I like to hunt out where our shame lives and pull it out
0: mm-hmm.
1: because shame on the, on the levels of consciousness. I know David R Hawkins there's neutrality is, is in the middle and then joy is at the top and you've got shame at the bottom. So if there is any shame living in your system, like your abundance, like I believe that as humans, we have this energetic pipe. And if you have kinks in your pipe, you will have kinks in your abundance and your flow. Mm-hmm. So I like to hunt out shame. So for any woman who have, like women, are, this is why I'm so passionate about women. But women, you know, you look back and you think about women have shame around their sexuality. Women now, uh, you, you scroll through Instagram. I mean, you don't even have to follow these people and you see it on news. And it's like, have the perfect body. Just give your pussy away to anyone and a man's going to love you. You know, women are getting fillers all in their face. Women you know you watch any sort of porn which young girls are like and it's like have the perfect boobs and the perfect body and the perfect mm-hmm. this perfect 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 and so women are hiding hiding their bodies hiding their expression hiding their joy um, because they believe they have to be perfect they have to be the good wife the good this the good that the good 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 yep and so I just love if, if you can unlock and fully own, you know, th- things that set myself free was like, you know, at 21, I got on a, um, uh, I, I think it was a few years ago. I, I thought I'd come out clean about everything, but there was one thing, and it was like when I was 21, I contracted herpes, and this thing that has so much stigma, which you know, it's like one in four four people have it. No one talks about it, mm. so there's like it's more shame around your sexuality. Mm. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. So if you can let from my journey of like letting all that shame go, like, yep, I used to get drunk. I used to hook up with lots of people. I used to do all the shit. I used to binge eat. If you can just be like, this is who I am. Mm. And actually when I fully did that, that's when the man of my dreams come into my life. That's when the business of my dreams come into my life. Cause I'm like, I am humans are, we are, we are disgusting. We are, can be cruel. We are the dark and the light. Yep. Once you aim that you are unstoppable.
0: And, and that's suppressed. That's suppressed, and women particularly are suppressed in that too. Because um, you know the story that comes to mind from the sexuality point of view is that um, Christine and I have done a couple of um, a three day and a five day intensive with David Data, um, and I don't know oh, if you know so who. Oh, good. I tell you what, like talk about uncomfortable. Um, that's really ridiculously uncomfortable. You know, you've got a closed group of um, fourteen, well, twenty eight people. Um, half of them were couples and david separated um the men and the women and they said go away and come back with your ultimate sexual fantasy and um and david data said and men don't be surprised when you come back and so we went off and <laughs> one one guy started and um and he said you know well I'm going through the Amazon Amazon jungle and, you know, I come across a tribe where there's no women and, you know, I go fuck her and I do that to her and I bend her over a tree and all of that. And it, like, he went into extreme detail. And so I sort of, like, held back a little bit because I thought, I just wanna, I don't wanna go too hard because maybe sexually I think about things differently and harder than others. And so um and so we went that's vivid detail. it goes vivid detail I've thought about this a lot. And then this second guy <laughs> comes in, right? This second guy comes in who's I think he's from Finland or something like that. Beard, massive bloke, right? He goes, I love that. I really love that in his accent. I love that. I really love it. Can we add um, that? What, can we add um, four transsexuals? And one of them, you know, and, and I won't go into the detail of what he said about the transsexuals. And, and I went, oh, I think I'm okay. I can talk now because he sort of <laughs> lifted the bar a little bit. Anyway, we came back into the room. And the female version of their ultimate sexual fantasy was holy fuck, are you serious? Like it was gory and head chopping, and I was just completely flabbergasted. But in saying that, that's women have be- have actually had that. They were in a safe space to be able to tell them, tell people how they really thought. And David Data's brilliant. And- allowing people to say what mm. they want to say in their safe space so you are right that, that, that there is some suppression of what's happening and expectations around women nowadays what what is you said a hundred million women yeah so that's just <laughs> i know that it's a is, lot that's a big hairy audacious goal have you tracked that <sighs> yeah. have you
1: tracked that back and how long that would take um, I have done it um, in my last organisational strategy. We, we kind of, we're like, how do we measure that? So, yeah, we, we're we really a little bit challenged about how that can be measured. Um, yeah, but, you know, I don't really like, you know, I'm not going to maybe not track at all, but I'm on the way. Fair enough. You just say the number. <laughs> what What would you say to any woman right
0: now that's listening to you? and it can, you could say whatever you like to them.
1: Mm. Uh, that the first step is courage. The first step is always courage. And that even though it might seem like you have no other option or no other way, like that, you just got to put one foot in front of the other and take the step into the life and the dream that you want to leave the relationship, to change your jobs, to ask for a raise and that courage then becomes a lot easier.
0: That's awesome. Thank you, Kezia, for being part of this podcast. And I do believe I know you much better now than when we first started.
1: Yay, me too. (laughs) I loved it.
0: (laughs) See ya. So I hope you enjoyed Kezia Lee. You can follow her on Facebook and all over the place if you're a woman that wants to be empowered. Uh, As always, you can subscribe to our podcast and follow us on ianugarte.com.au. That's ianugarte.com.au. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Small Talk Big Ideas podcast. We hope we've succeeded in our goal to inspire and challenge you. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Small Talk Big Ideas with Ian Yagate.